This is Inspired Wellness with Jessica, a safe space for women impacted by their emotions to unlock hope and discover ways to elevate emotional wellness holistically for long-term health and well-being. I am your host, Jessica, advanced EFT practitioner, holistic counselor, meditation therapist, and advanced life coach. Join me for real, raw conversations to educate and inspire you to take control of your emotional well-being. I am so grateful you are here with me. Let's dive straight in. Welcome to this episode of Inspired Wellness with Jessica. I come to you today recording on my phone. Would you believe that I have actually broken the cord that connects my microphone to the computer and I'm going to have to order a new one. I have actually snapped the little wires out of it because I am that clever. So bear with me today. I hope that this sound quality is okay for you guys and you're going to want to stick around and listen to this episode. If you are somebody who finds yourself Googling your anxiety symptoms, if you have been diagnosed with health anxiety, then this is for you. And I want to ask you, how many times have you found yourself Googling your anxiety symptoms? How many times have you caught yourself doing it? Or is it something that just comes so naturally to you now that it's only as I'm beginning to speak about it as being something to be aware of that it's even coming into your awareness? How many hours have actually gone past while you have been Googling the symptoms of your anxiety and being led down this rabbit hole of, you know, much, much worse, lots of potential, and then even convincing yourself that it's not just anxiety. Who's been there? I know I have. And I hear this a lot too with clients who see me for anxiety, people that I work with. I know this feeling all too well. And it's a vicious cycle. If you have an anxiety symptom, then you Google it. Then you convince yourself that it's not just anxiety. And then you become even more anxious. And you even become obsessed over it. And I don't say these words, you know, you become obsessed or you become more anxious in a way of blame. It's, it's just what we do. Because as we read these things and we are convincing ourselves that we have more because, you know, anxiety couldn't possibly cause the level of heart palpitations that you're experiencing. And anxiety couldn't possibly cause the tingling in your fingers or the constant dizziness, the lump that's been in your throat for two years. You know, as we convince ourselves that anxiety couldn't possibly cause these things, then we want answers. We want answers for the discomfort, particularly if we've been treating our anxiety for years and years and years and years with different therapies, talk-based therapies, medications, whatever you've been doing to treat your anxiety and it's not been working or you feel like it's something that you have to continually manage, that you have to continually be on top of. Of course, you're going to be looking for more for more reasons, you know, of course, you're not going to believe that it's just anxiety. 
So if you have health anxiety, I know that you're going to understand this. (laughs) I know that you are here with me and I want to share a little bit of my story around this because my anxiety experience when it comes to this, I'm going to say is very similar to health anxiety. And I only say similar because I do believe that it is, but I only say similar because health anxiety officially requires a medical diagnosis to say it's health anxiety. So I'm just going to say similar, (laughs) similar to a health anxiety experience, but really, um, if you Google it, (laughs) ticks all the boxes. See, We, we Google everything, don't we? So I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here but I'm doing that because I know so many of you will be able to relate. So I have spoken about my medical trauma. I've spoken about all of this before, so I'm not going to go deep into that. If you do want to hear my big story, um, then you can go back to episode one, but I want to specifically talk about after I had a pulmonary, let me try that again, pulmonary embolism. And what I then experienced from there was I had PTSD. I had, um, you know, I was in a state of trauma. I was in this high state of stress. But what I experienced after that pulmonary embolism was the beginning of, uh, beginning of oh, I really can't speak today, can I? <laughs> the beginning of my panic attacks. And when these would happen for me, And this is a trigger warning. If you are sensitive to hearing people talk about panic, um, I'm not going to go into deep, deep detail of it, but maybe just rub your collarbone for some support just gently back and forth. So what would happen was the symptoms of these panic attacks. So the way that I would feel in my chest, the way that I would feel in my head, the way that I felt in the um, being breathless, my racing heart rate that used to sit up around 180, this would all remind me because these symptoms felt so similar to the night I had my pulmonary embolism. Now, maybe looking back on it, there might've been some differences, particularly in the onset of it. Um, But at the time, it just felt the same. And so experiencing these sensations in my body over and over again, knowing that my leg had re-clotted despite the initial medication that I had been put on for blood clots. You know, so in my head, it was possible that I could throw another pulmonary embolism, that this one might not be so, you know, the size it was, and I might not have had the same outcome. That fear of just, you know, death, just loomed over me, right? And so every time I had these physical sensations in my body, I was convinced that it was another pulmonary embolism and that I wasn't safe. And as I, you know, I had all these experiences that I felt at the time were really humiliating. I went into the hospital or I'd call an ambulance because that's what I did the first time and it turned out to be something. But I would go back in there and I'd have these doctors be really dismissive oh, you just had a panic attack. And in my mind, I hadn't really had panic attacks before. So I'm thinking, what do you mean? I just had a panic attack. No, (laughs) it's not in my head. No, there's something wrong with me. Um, And that sort of began a bit of an obsession over my health. 
And I can share with you as somebody who has come so, so, so far from the state of stress and anxiety and panic that I lived in for years and years and years, that sometimes though, I will get a headache or I will get, you know, a cold or something really, something really minor, but anything that really makes me either feel lightheaded or something that makes me feel like it impacts my chest at all, like a cold my ability to breathe properly, like when you have a blocked nose and I start to feel panicky and I have had to learn to manage that. I learned to manage it with strategies that address the thoughts that I'm having and I manage it with tapping really quickly. As soon as I'm aware of it, I remind my body that I am safe. I will do some kind of healing meditation and I am able to move through it really quickly now, really quickly. And I can give you an example of this the other day. The other day I had reflux and reflux, you know, which is really common, by the way, with people who have anxiety for all sorts of reasons to do with your digestive system. But I had reflux and I get reflux really, really, really badly. Not so much recently since I haven't been living in such a state of stress, but I, yeah, really bad reflux, um, I was medicated for it for years. God, I'm really sharing everything now. And I I was medicated for it for years. Um, But when it comes up, you know, it's intense. It hurts. There's this pressure in your chest. And as I already mentioned, I'm really sensitive to anything that draws attention to that area. I had years of seeing cardiologists. I had an electro study done on my heart. I had to try this awful cardiac medication. I had all these things around my heart because my heart rate stayed up, you know, always over a hundred, rarely went below a hundred, maybe in the nineties while I was sleeping. And then, you know, as I mentioned before, up to around 180. So they said I had SVT. So basically anything that drew attention to my chest sends panic to my body. And what happened the other day was I, was I had some bread before I left the house and that gave me reflux. And I know that gives me reflux. So I was driving my car on my way to pick up my daughter from school and suddenly I had these sharp pains in my chest. But what I was able to do because of the things I have practiced over these years and because of the desensitization to the triggers that I have done, all of that work has all paid off. So I was able to tap on one of my points while I was driving, take a deep breath and say, even though this reflux feels like discomfort in my chest, or even though this sharp pain is, is making me feel uncomfortable, whatever I exactly said, I know it's reflux and I know it's safe. So after my pulmonary embolism, I had doctor's visits after doctor's visits because I was convinced that they were wrong. Or that they missed something, not so much that they were wrong, but just that they'd missed something. Because here I was with this racing heart. Here I was with this awful experience. And that wasn't my first, that wasn't my first experience in a situation that also could have gone extremely wrong another way. I had a mortifying car accident in 2009. So, you know, that already had me feeling like anything could go wrong and I wasn't safe. And I might even talk about that on another episode, but you know, so I already had this deep seated belief, you know, that anything could happen to me and that I could die at any moment and that nothing was safe around me. 
So I have this pulmonary embolism. And then, as I said, I'm in this state of stress. I'm traumatized. I was also dealing with the knee injury that caused the blood clot to begin with. I could barely walk. Um, You know, my knee was so unstable for a really long time because I couldn't operate on it because I had blood clots. Uh, You know, all these things. And then I developed vestibular migraines. And these migraines coincided with my anxiety. One would trigger the other. And it actually took after so many doctors and one doctor saying he wouldn't see me if I didn't take a sixth medication. It actually took my chiropractor to explain this to me properly. Um, The link between the anxiety and the vestibular migraines. And that was game changer, honestly. So these migraines, though, would make me feel like I had no control over my feet. They would make me feel like I couldn't drive because I was so anxious because I couldn't deal with the dizziness from my peripheral vision, from the things moving past me. So, you know, all of these things, and I had to have a brain, I had brain scan to make sure there was nothing there. I had a brain scan when I had a a migraine so bad when I was pregnant with Amelia, my second, that, um, what, would ha- what happens with the symptoms of these migraines is I go numb down one side of my body. So around my face, it's normally the right-hand side for me, my tongue, uh, my hand. Um, yeah, so I get that with migraines, which is why they are extremely scary when they're bad. They, and yeah, so I had a brain scan when I was pregnant with Amelia and I had a brain scan again after when these migraines were, sorry, before that, sorry, when we were looking into the migraines to begin with. And both of those brain scans gave me tangible evidence, right? That there was nothing growing in my brain. But when you are in this high state of anxiety and you're in this state of, you know, fear and your amygdala is on high alert, looking, scanning for something to be wrong, It's hard to accept that when you still feel so terrible that this could just be because of anxiety, because the migraines are real. The SVT was real. The reflux, the digestion issues, they're real. These are all real issues on their own. And also, by the way, real issues that, yes, you absolutely do need to get checked out medically. Okay. But once you have, once you have that evidence Let's talk about that in a moment. Once you have that evidence, how you can use that to support you, how you can use that to convince yourself that you don't need to go and pay another doctor for a 37th opinion. Okay, let's get into that in a moment. So I know that some of you listening to this will be able to empathize with what I went through. You know, and I've heard stories from clients that I work with. My stomach is so bad. I thought it might just be, you know, this or that, or I've been diagnosed with IBS or I've been diagnosed with something else, but I'm convinced it must be cancer. I'm convinced something's wrong. It it can't just be that. Or like my story about being dizzy. I was dizzy from migraines or I was dizzy from anxiety, dizzy from hyperventilation but convinced that it must be a tumor or something. You know, I hear stories of clients who are itchy um, really frequently and have a skin condition, but are convinced that it's a rare blood disease. 
So as I said, always get these things checked out. Don't just don't just say oh, I'm anxious, I have anxiety or I'm an anxious person. So it must just be that. Get these things checked out. But if you are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on medical expenses, questioning everything that you have been told by medical professionals who have these scans and these tests and these sometimes years of evidence to show you that the sinister thing is not actually there, okay, then I want to share you some tips. I'll share you. I want to share with you some tips. I'm on fire today to get through this, okay, because, and I also want to share with you a surefire way to overcome that urge to Google, because let's face it, if we have the evidence and we've had the tests and we know logically in our brain, we know anxiety is not logical when we're in a state of, of stress response, we know it's not logical. But if we have the tests, we have the evidence, then I want to share some tips to help, okay? And these take practice. Again, you're not going to say this once or do this once and be magically cured, but this takes practice. So I've got three tips, okay, to help with this. Tip number three is acceptance. And you could use tapping or you could use a phrase or you could just use um, like challenging thoughts. I accept, I accept, I accept. This may be how I feel, but I accept. So if you're using tapping, you'd say something like, even though I don't believe that this is anxiety, I accept that this is what the evidence is saying. Or even though I, I believe that my migraine has to be more than anxiety and I don't feel safe in my body, I accept that I feel this way. So acceptance, accept that you don't believe it, accept that you have the evidence. Acceptance is really, really big. And I spoke about that maybe in last week's episode on other issues, acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. Tip number two is to bring in a mantra for yourself and repeat this day and night until you begin to believe it. And that might take a while. If you tap while you are using your mantra, then that is going to help to um, relieve the discomfort that you're feeling when you say it. It'll help it to feel truer sooner. And this mantra or affirmation can be something as simple as, I trust my body and I know that it's keeping me safe. Put it on your mirror, have reminders come up on your phone. I trust my body. I know it's keeping me safe. And tip number one, the most important thing that you can do if you are struggling with health anxiety and you are struggling to believe that it is what it is or that anxiety could possibly be causing this. And remember, anxiety and stress response takes a physical toll on the body. So it may be that when you are in control of your anxiety, that your digestive issues are actually um, not magically fixed, but they're less. Or it might be easier to get on top of your issues. Okay, so remember that the anxiety and the stress response, because when you are in a state of anxiety, you are in a prolonged state of stress response. And remember that that will have a direct impact on your body, on your heart rate, on every the way that your body functions, okay, in so many different ways, which again is another episode. But my tip number one 
is to deal with root cause. And I recommend, and again, I I have had talk therapies. I know how fantastic they are for some people. I truly believe though, when it comes to anything like this, that a somatic therapy, so something that brings in the body, okay, is going to be really effective for you because you cannot deny the body's involvement with anxiety or the changes that happen on a cellular level when we start to release the emotions that are trapped in there. So your talk-based therapies, you know, your CBT, all these things, they are going to have a place and they also might be really complementary to a type of natural therapy. But I truly, truly, truly believe with all my heart that something like EFT tapping is just so beneficial for addressing the root cause of these fears, phobias, okay, and also for addressing the beliefs and reprogramming them after they have been dealt with. EFT has been proven to be a fast and effective technique for long-term results, for anxiety, PTSD, stress management, and so many other things. Anxiety is so much in the body, and I know you know that, or we wouldn't even be having this conversation today because you know, we wouldn't be feeling anything in our body if it was all just purely based on the thoughts in our head. So I truly believe that, you know, if you haven't before, or maybe you haven't found the right practitioner to help you to really treat it effectively, you really need to involve the body in this process and address root cause, address the beliefs, address the subconscious beliefs that are holding this up for you whether you know what they are consciously or whether they are buried deep in your subconscious, tapping can help. And I love tapping for this reason. I love it. And you can talk to anybody who's done tapping with me. We move feeling from the body. We release things that have been trapped. We f- you feel the difference in your body. So that's my tip number one is deal with root cause. And in my opinion, <laughs> use something like EFT tapping, but you know, whatever therapies you enjoy, whatever you find works for you, everybody's different, but yeah, get it out of the body, get it out of your body because when we're tapping and we are, you know, exposing ourselves to these things that fear us, we are sending calming signals to the amygdala to say that this is actually safe. So if we can get down to root cause then we have the potential, the possibility to actually deal with something, to actually release it, to actually make it so that it is no longer a factor for you in your life anymore. And, you know, it might take one session to find root cause. It might take 10. It really just depends on you and what's been going on for you. But that would be my tip number one to dealing with not the belief that, you know, it's not just anxiety. And finally, I want to address what you can do when you have the urge to Google. Because as you know, you know, Googling can be really useful in a lot of circumstances. You're trying to find a gluten-free alternative to a recipe or you're trying to find, you know, a good pair of shoes or recommendations on a product, which by the way, you can leave a review. (laughs) You can leave a review for Inspired Life Collective on Google. (laughs) 
Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, but in in my opinion and my experience, you know, Google only really feels the fire for somebody with anxiety. It is just pouring petrol onto those flames because the answer will never say, and it's not do not Google's job to say you are human and you'll be okay. Google's job is to find the information and present it to you. So I would encourage you to use this really simple tapping sequence that I'm actually going to link as a PDF in the show notes. Uh, If you don't know where the tapping points are, if you're not familiar with tapping, then you can also grab my beginner's guide. It's a PDF download. There's also an option to upgrade to a mini video series if you prefer to watch, to learn, and that will teach you everything you need to know to get started about tapping. But the PDF guide is free, so you can download that and get started if you don't know where the points are. And if you do, then begin tapping along, go and just grab that PDF so you can keep this handy and you can bring it up anytime you feel like you have the urge to Google your anxiety symptoms. And what you want to be doing is you want to grab your setup statement. Okay. So on your karate chop, and it's going to sound something like, and you know what, if you're not driving, if you are seated and you're listening to this, so you're walking around the house and you're listening to this, do it with me. Even though I have this urge to Google my anxiety symptoms, I trust my body and I know I am safe. Even though I don't believe that this is just anxiety, I accept that I feel this way and I help this urge to pass. Even though I really want to Google my anxiety symptoms because I just don't believe that it's just anxiety and I'm scared that I'm missing something and I may die, I accept that I feel this way and I choose to let this urge to Google pass. Onto your eyebrow, even though I want to Google. Side of eye, I have this urge in my body. Under your eye, I'm not trusting that I'm okay. Under your nose, I'm convinced that it has to be more than anxiety. Collarbone, these symptoms are just too real and too scary. Under your arm, so it must be something more. Top of head, this fear I have just won't subside. This urge to Google. So I just want to Google. Eyebrow, I choose to sit with the urge. Side of eye, I notice the discomfort in my body. This urge, this craving to Google. Under eye, this too shall pass. Under nose, I trust my body. I choose to trust my body. Under mouth, I choose to believe I am safe in my body. Collarbone, I have all this evidence from my past that tells me I'm healthy. I just take a deep breath for a moment while you're tapping on your collarbone. Keep tapping on it. 
And as you breathe in, just let yourself think about the tests you've had that have come back negative. The scans you've had to show that you're actually okay. Or that it's not something sinister. Maybe something that you can really deal with. Something you can manage. Just acknowledging all this evidence. Every time your doctor has looked at you reassuringly and said, it's anxiety. It's anxiety. I accept that it's anxiety. I accept that this might just be anxiety. Tapping under your arm, just noticing your urge is passing. Your body feeling calmer. Noticing how you're willing to facilitate a sense of trust in your body. Or you're at least open to the idea of it. Tapping, tapping on the top of your head now. I am safe in my body. Tapping on the top of your head still. Taking a deep breath. I am safe in my body. And exhaling. I am safe in my body. And then just give your hands a bit of a shake. Now I've simplified this script. And it is a PDF in your show notes. So you can download it. Keep it on your phone. Open it up whenever you need it. Whenever you feel the urge to Google, remember you have willpower. You have a choice in that moment. Do I Google? Do I tap? Do I Google? Do I tap? Google is going to give you longer term discomfort. So tap through the short term discomfort. Now, I would love to know if this episode has been helpful for you at all. Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram at inspiredlife.byjessicaann or flick me an email and say hi and I would love I love hearing your stories I love getting stories from you guys about your experience with anxiety the things that you do the things that have been challenging I love having those chats so please send me a message I want to hear your story you can also get in touch if you feel like you need help uh, getting through your health anxiety or any anxiety or high stress levels. Get in touch to have a chat about how I can help you through the holistic therapies that I am qualified in and how we can navigate you through, you know, to overcome your health anxiety. So I'll pop a link in the show notes too if you want to book an initial consultation with me where we can have a chat about what we can do, but we'll also do some actual work in that session as well. That's it for today's episode, my lovelies. I will look forward to seeing you again or connecting with you again next week. And as I said, reach out, say hi, send me your stories and let me know if this episode has been helpful. You've been listening to Inspired Wellness with Jessica. If you loved what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. If you know someone who would love to hear all about this topic, make sure you share this episode on your socials and tag me at inspiredlife.byjessicaann. You can get in touch with me through my website, www.inspiredlifecollective.com.au. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.